You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Samantha Chris, and today I am joined by Melina Jubilaro. Melina has worked in the TV media for over 10 years, sharing people's stories. Now she's dedicated her life to coaching women on becoming their best, most confident self. That is, if they wish to show their face on social media. Melina helps them conquer their fears of going live and helps in connecting them to those who need their message most. She also has a podcast called Don't Forget Your Lipstick, an ode to young women being unapologetically themselves. Melina, well, you had a job many people work their entire career to get as a news reporter at just 26, and you were living life kind of as you were taught, go to school, get to work, find a partner, get married, buy a house, have the kids, live a life happily ever after, but somewhere along the way you realized, wait a minute, this isn't actually what I want. What was that wake-up call like for you? It was so intense, Samantha. I can't I still have a hard time explaining it. So I'm going to be 29 very, very soon. But at 26, I I like to say today it was sort of a panic attack because I feel like I can understand it better. But I woke up in the middle of the night, and you're absolutely right. I had the per- I had everything. My whole life was figured out for me. I felt so blessed because I was one of those kids in school that knew what they wanted to do growing up, that knew the program they needed to get in to accomplish that sort of goal, right? Okay, how am I going to get to television? I got to study this and I got to do this and I got to intern here. And I, I just did everything by the book. But then I had the job and it almost felt like, ah, this is not really what I want. Mm. And really and truly, I was miserable. I, I didn't know how to even you know, utter the words. I I couldn't even tell my boss, like, listen, thank you so much for this opportunity, but I'm going to (laughs) leave. Right. It was like, (laughs) what do you mean? I remember my boss, you know, in his office uh, prior to COVID and he was like, what? And I was like, look, I'm, thank you so much for this opportunity, but I, I need to do something else. This is not, or maybe it wasn't my time. I still can't really explain it. I just know that everything I thought that I would do, or I guess because I had this whole big vision, I realized along the way that, wait a second, this doesn't actually make me happy, right? And so I left, I quit my job and then I did what everyone else does, which is travel the world. (laughs) I just like, I was like in my apartment thinking, well, now what? (laughs) Everyone thought I was weird. You quit your job, Melina? Like, why? You're 26. What are you going to do? How are you going to make money? And my parents were so furious because, you know, they were so proud of their daughter. And I was just like, no, it's it's not what I want to do. And so I traveled the world for over a year. And I not like I'm saying to everyone, if you do have a panic attack, go and travel the world and you'll figure it out. <laughs> really not because I still came home with a, with like more questions like, okay, well now what do I do? Um, but in that moment, I guess I realized life is just too short. 
life is too short. And not that I wasted my 20s, so to speak, but I did feel like here I was so dedicated and committed to doing something only to realize that this doesn't make me happy. So mm -hmm. what can I do now every day that will make me feel like, okay, there's, there's something in it for me here. You know, like I'm happy with this. And I always, always wanted to travel. I think it fits in really well with journalism as well. I really wanted to travel and do some international reporting. I never got the chance to do that because the media industry is sort of shifting, right? We, it's, it's very different now. There's no real international reporting because every country now has its media station and we're all sort of helping each other out with news, right? With world news. Whereas mm -hmm. before you would see you would see people from Canada go all the way to Iraq and cover a story, but we'll see that, we see that less and less today. Right. Um, so travel for me was just like, okay, this, this works because, well, now I don't have a job. I don't have an excuse to not go and travel. And again, I always like to say, I hated waking up thinking I would have to wait a whole entire year for two weeks for like, okay, now my boss is granting me two weeks to do what I want. Well, two weeks is not enough. <laughs> I always felt like two weeks is not enough. How can I do something in two weeks? So yes, I went off to travel and came home and was still very, very confused about my life. But I guess in some sort of weird way, I sort of found my way to where I am today. Yes, a confidence coach. And I like to say oftentimes, you know, we're always being told, follow your passion, follow your passion. And my passion is storytelling. But now what I like to say is my passion led me to my purpose, which mm -hmm. is helping people figure out their story, their version of the story that they want to share. I love that. So before we get into helping others tap into their story and really crafting that narrative, I want to, you know, get back to that time where you return back home, you have more questions than you do answers, you kind of know what you want to explore, not quite sure what that's going to look like yet, but yet you're not afraid to go for it and to show up and to ask for what you want and to do these things that would otherwise scare the pants off most people. So how did you develop that skill in a time that felt so uncertain? You know, how did you foster that certainty in yourself? I think I just, I realized early on that I could only bet on myself really mm -hmm. and truly, you know, um, Yes, I did go travel. Yes, I learned a bunch of things and I had to rely on a bunch of different people to help me navigate my way in a city and whatnot. But um, I really do believe I learned early on that I'm in charge of my life. Because again, I had everything. Every, everyone was like, you have everything. You have the dream job. You've got the boyfriend. But I just wasn't happy. I guess I sort of was living this life of, okay, this is what needs to be done by this age. And when I came home, I guess I sort of knew in me that I sort of broke all those, <laughs> those traditions. Like, mm -hmm. well, she's single. She's just moved back and she's traveled the world and uh, she's very lost. Um which is the reason of my handle. My handle is where to next Melina, because when I came home, everyone's like, well, what are you going to do now? And I was just like, I don't know. But I guess I, I sort of knew that whatever it would be, 
I'd be happy with it because I would just go with the flow. It sounds so cliche to say this, but I had no other choice. I was coming back home. Everything was so unknown. All I had were like four pairs of shorts and like a couple of tops. And I was like, well, this is it. <laughs> this is as good as it's going to get. So, um, you realize you live in Canada, right? <laughs> I do. I do. And I came home and my mom was like, here are all your boxes of clothes. And I was like, all of this? Like you sort of, I guess you come back realizing we don't need that much and we don't need that much to be happy. We, you know, I think the pandemic is a perfect example um, of this, but I really do believe it stems from me just understanding and trusting myself, trusting the decisions I make because I, I, actually don't regret anything. I don't live to regret, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and again, the pandemic is a perfect example. Everyone who thought or who was thinking when I retire, I'm going to go visit this place. No one is thinking like this anymore. And that's great. But I, I stopped thinking this way at 26 when I was like, wait a second, this isn't my life. Right. With your background in journalism and media, and now as an entrepreneur, rejection is kind of you know par for the course, I would imagine. And it's something that keeps many people stuck in a life or situation that isn't ideal. And you know, much like how you felt, where it's just like this isn't in alignment with what I want for myself. What are some of the things that you did to overcome the fear or discomfort of being rejected? God, I I really did get rejected a lot. <laughs> like a lot, like, <laughs> like too many times, you know, right in television, especially whether they don't like your, your look or how you sound or definitely got rejected a lot. I think it just, it pushed me to just come back stronger. I would always ask, well, why didn't I make it? Like, what is it? What can I work on? And again, I guess because I, I really did, I don't know why I have this sort of confidence in me, but I knew that if I put in the work, there would not be a reason that I wouldn't get it. Like I, I just grew up thinking, well, if you, if you put in the work, if you're a hard worker, you'll get the gig. You'll, they'll recognize you. They'll see how hard you're working. And so I think every rejection for me was like candy, like, okay, well, how can I come back stronger? How mm -hmm. can I make a better second impression? Let's say, especially as an entrepreneur right now, Samantha, it's so hard. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I think it's worse than media because at least I can blame the boss, but now I'm <laughs> the boss. And so I'm like, I'm, um, it is tough sometimes when some people do choose not to, not to, you know, be part of my sort of world now, but, uh, I still have trouble. I'm not going to lie that, uh, it's difficult right now to sort of get those rejections because I'm, I'm alone doing this. And I think I'm a lot more vulnerable in this new world. Cause I am a new entrepreneur and I'm trying to figure it all out. Um, and then I sort of get mixed or caught up with like, I just want to help everyone so much that I'm like, Oh yes, I'll do this. But then I'm like, wait a second. It's not what you do, Melina. <laughs> like I have yeah. to take a step back, but rejection is hard. I think, I think we have to understand that rejection is not someone saying you're not good enough. I think it's it, rejection allows us to see what we can work on instead of, oh, I'm not perfect enough. I don't believe in perfection anyways, but I look at rejection as, okay, here's my chance to better this. And sometimes I really do think that people just don't know. So they'll reject you 
but something better is coming along the way. So I'm just like, thank you for rejecting me. Now I have this. Right. And I find it so helpful that you say that it's something that you still occasionally struggle with because, you know, the outside looking in, we see what you're doing and what you're building in this vibrant confidence coach. And it's easy for us to think that you've got this figured out and you've got this, you know, rocking solid confidence 24 seven, but you're so transparent and authentic in your work in the content that you put out. And this isn't the first time you've mentioned that it's something you struggle with, but I do think it really brings you back down to this human level. And it allows us to resonate in a way that, you know, feels really, um, really organic. In fact, you actually shared about a recent experience where you were hosting an event, if I'm not mistaken, and you locked yourself in the bathroom (laughs) because you were so nervous. How did you regain control of your confidence in that moment? Because I think we can all relate. We've been, you know, whether it's a presentation or or something we've signed up for. And then that moment, you know, foot hits the pavement and we're like, oh shit, (laughs) I I was deliver. Yeah, I was terrified. And I, at the same time, I was laughing at myself because I was in the washroom and I was thinking, but Melina, you, this is what you teach. <laughs> this is, you know, people pay you for this and you can't do it. And I, I remember just walking into the room and they showed me, you know, the stage. And I guess that's what really like, oh my God, wait, I'm going, I'm going on stage, which obviously during the pandemic, we, we haven't had much, you know, many opportunities to do this, but I was asked to host an event and I, I just went into the washroom and I was like, I, I'm, I'm freaking out. And I stayed in the washroom for like an hour. And that's when I was like, let me record this sort of moment because I want people to see that I also get scared. Mm-hmm. So what was going through my mind? I was just terrified. I was thinking what every other girl thinks about before going on stage, which is, will they like me? Am I funny enough? Will they like my hair? You know, I have big curly hair. I'm like, what if it goes wild when I hit the stage? Am I wearing the right colors? You just, you're, you're, you're so vulnerable because mm-hmm. all the lights are on you. So even as a confidence coach, you get scared. And I was terrified. And then, you know, I did talk myself through it. Like I would help others, you know, talk themselves through it. And then I did go on stage and um, I don't believe I shared this, but I had to do 10 takes of the intro because I was so nervous and I was sweating and I was like, and I was getting no reactions from, from the crew. I was like, do you guys like this? Like, (laughs) Can someone tell me something? Exactly. And then they were like, yeah, it's fine. Just do it. I'm like, okay. And then I just did it. And then it went, it went well afterwards. But I remember the first, cause they, we were pre-taping you know, things cause of COVID and whatnot. And so just the intro part, I redid that 10 times approximately 10 times. Cause I was, I just wasn't getting any reactions. And I was like, I need someone to at least clap or something. Someone tell me something. Blink smile. Anything. Yeah. They were like, yeah, just do it. I was like, okay. And so I did. Um, but you're absolutely right. It, it happens. It happens to be terrified. And yeah, I mean, I think the best way right now is to show people that we also are insecure and we're vulnerable. And I, yeah, you're right. I love to share everything on social. I try to be as real as as possible. Which is so necessary, I find, in this day and age. I mean, we see the highlight reels and it's, it's really refreshing, you know, not that I enjoy seeing people suffer, but in seeing the real side, the hard side, and that 
uh, well, I think which so many of us can relate to. And one of the things you mentioned is that you talked yourself through it. And I think that's a really important takeaway because I think in any profession, I mean, whether or not it's our job, whether or not we are coaches, we have a tendency to help other people through hardship and adversity. And we don't offer ourselves the same courtesy, the same understanding. We don't extend the same tools or knowledge when it comes to, um, you know, working through some of these things ourselves. And I think we can lose sight of the fact that, yeah, if we were to speak to ourselves with the kindness and compassion and honesty that we would our best friend or someone who we care deeply for, then our internal dialogue, you know, would be completely shifted and we would actually see that we can move through some of these things on our own if we give, you know, that space. Yeah, I rely heavily on my friends. I, I noticed that even throughout this pandemic, I I am always asking someone, you know, like, do you, is this okay? Or, and then I, I, I sort of realized, wait a second, it, it doesn't matter what they think, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. I'm the one that's going on that stage, you know, and every, every text I got that was like, you can do it, you go girl. I was like, that's great but I'm alone in this bathroom, right? At the end of the day, I can only rely on me, which is why I had to talk to myself. There was no one else I can reach out to. You know, at the end of the day, you can only rely on yourself. And I did say yes to doing the gig, never expecting me to freak out, right? But I did freak out, but I came out and I, and I did it and I'm happy with the results. And it was a different experience. And that's something that I always allow myself to just say yes to every opportunity and to just try something new all the time because I think that allows me to see me through a different lens. Because you're right, we don't, I'm a lot meaner to myself than if I were to be talking to my friend, that's for sure. I think we all have the tendency and it's something that, you know, it's like a muscle, we need to flex it and it needs to be a consistent practice but I can imagine the work that you're doing through your podcast and through your business and working with millennial women to increase their confidence I think it's probably a good reminder for for you as well to kind of um, have a, a dose of your own medicine I would imagine definitely sometimes I, I hear myself speaking to younger girls and I'm like wait a second I should be telling this to myself <laughs> right like I'll always have my best friend saying, where's the Melina that, you know, the confident girl, I'm like, she's still there. She just sometimes has her own battles, right? Has her own struggles and her own insecurities. But I really, like I tell everyone every day, those who succeed are the ones that do it anyways. So I always mm -hmm. encourage everyone to just do it. So I allowed myself to feel all those emotions in the bathroom. I allowed myself to get nervous, to be all sweaty. Um, you know, my, like I, I could feel like the sweat stains everywhere, but I was wearing a dark color. So you couldn't tell afterwards, but I could, I just let my body feel all the feels. I talked to myself through it. You know, I told my, like, I, I don't remember what I was saying, but something along the lines of you got this Melina, you, you've been doing this for many years. They've chosen you. Actually, that's what I said, Samantha. I said, that's what I told myself. I said, they've chosen you because they believe in you. Now it's your turn to believe in yourself. That is exactly what I told myself, actually, because again, they called me asking, can you host this event? It wasn't as if I sort of said, hey, I want to do this for y'all. They called me. So you always have to remember 
they like you because they wouldn't have called you. So mm -hmm. do it. <laughs> yeah. Such a good reminder. Yeah. When you said, when you kind of just repeated back of like, now you have to believe in you. Oh, I got goosebumps because it's those moments I find are, are really defining moments. I think um, my hunch anyway, is that you'll look back, you know, six months, two years, however long from now at that moment and probably recognize that when you convinced yourself to believe in yourself, like there's nothing more powerful. There's no amount of them liking you and them believing in you that can get you on that stage and feeling capable as much as when you were just like, I'm worthy. I've worked for this. I can do this. And I believe that I'm going to knock it out of the park. <laughs> Even if you're like not hundred percent there to just kind of step into that, I find it, it shifts the energy and it shifts the trajectory of the other things we say yes to, of the collaborations we take on, of the opportunities that we make space for in our lives. I am, I'm really excited actually to see how this kind of unfolds and, and what, um, you know, that, what that taught you about yourself and how that continues to build. Thank you, Samantha. So I got to ask you, with all the confidence, I mean, you're working with, I know you work predominantly with young women, but I think the message that you share is so applicable to everyone in helping them realize their strengths and their long-term potential, which is so valuable, especially now at a time where I feel like confidence and hope in the future has taken a bit of a hit. But your spin is going live. So not just sharing the story, but going live, turning on that camera, facing the fear, even if there's only two people watching and sticking the landing in continuing to show up and continuing to share and tell a narrative that is, that is authentic, but that will resonate with the people with whom it's, you know, intended for. So why is going live such a huge part of your focus? I sort of realized, so when I came home, little flashback, I was like, I'm going to teach people how to travel. And then COVID happened and travel was no longer sexy. So I was like, okay, this is not it. But I knew that, you know, going back to my passion led me to my purpose. I knew that storytelling was sort of my purpose. Like I knew that I can share a story or get people to have those goosebumps or create that I can relate to this person effect, right? I knew that I I could do that. And so why going live is, is sort of because I, I realized everyone on social media was just posting their pictures and being all quiet. And I was like, mm, there's something wrong here. And then every young girl that would reach out to me and be like, how can I be confident like you? I want to be able to do this. And, oh, I want to be silly. And I'm here like, but I'm not actually being silly on social. I'm I'm pretty like, I, yes, I'll, I'll be silly sometimes. I mean, there are some funny things that I do, but it's not only about being silly. And so I started realizing, wait a second, I think we have to change the narrative where social media is today and what it means to be confident, what it means to actually show up. So a lot of millennials, Gen Z, everyone wants to start a business. Everyone wants to share their products. And I say this all the time. We don't care about the cookies you're trying to sell us on Valentine's day. We care about the person making them. Right. So, and it goes back to storytelling, right? It's why would I be interested in your specific product? If I have no idea who you are, mm -hmm. what's the difference between your cookies and the cookies at the supermarket? And then obviously you'd get an uproar of women like, well, mine are vegan and mine are baked in my house. And well, show me that. 
Show me that on social. You're absolutely right. Everyone on social media is trying to show their perfect reels, their perfect cookies, but it's not selling anymore. It's not relatable anymore. And what tends to happen is because people are so scared to show their face, they just want to show their product, which is why I got to confidence because I figured, wait a second, it's not because they don't want to show their stuff. They're scared to show themselves because now they're going to be vulnerable. They're going to have to show up. They're going to have to show their face. That's the confidence part. And why, why going live? Well, I do really believe the market is a hundred percent oversaturated already. Um, But I do believe the only difference we all have is our face is us because we're unique, right? The way you would sell a cookie, Samantha, is going to be different than the way I would sell the cookie. Mm -hmm. But you're going to relate to certain people and I'm going to be able to relate to certain people, but we're going to be selling the same cookie, but it's got to be relatable. And the only way you can show up and be consistent is by you showing up, you know, like you showing the behind how many times I love behind the scenes stuff. Like I would love if that girl who's baking those cookies would just show me when she's baking them in her kitchen, right? Like, that's what I want to see. I don't care that you're telling me that these are gluten-free, vegan, made in Montreal. I just, I want to relate to you. Like, why are you making them? What's the story behind it? I really do think because of COVID, we are, you know, everyone says that we're all connected now online, but I disagree. I think we're, yes, we're connected, but we're losing that connection because of the screen. So Mm -hmm. how can we regain that connection? How can I feel like, oh my God, this girl gets me. Oh my God, I want to buy her cookies because I want to encourage a local baker here in Montreal. But how can I get to that if I have no idea who this person is? Such a good point. You know that cookie sales are going to skyrocket after this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I always bring it back to cookies because I feel like a lot of of young people are baking stuff right now. And I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, but everyone's trying to bake or create. Um, And sometimes you don't even need to have a product. You just want to share your message, right? If you're a woman who dealt with trauma and you know you've come out of it stronger but now you're like I want to help that one girl how are you going to do it how are you going to help that one girl I want you to go live I want you to share your story and a lot of the times women in general because I like to say I help women mostly because I think women connect to me more obviously but women we have this fear of what are my parents going to say what are my friends going to think I'm going live I never go live And it's this fear of what is everyone around me going to think? Whereas we should stop thinking about what everyone's going to think and start thinking about that person you want to make an impact. And that's, I think, really at the end of the day, if we keep that at the forefront of our minds of forget the people who are going to see this, who it's not intended for, but if it reaches, you know, even one or handful of the people who could really benefit from this message, the impact is exponential because that person gets motivated and thinks, acts, or feels differently in a way that will have a ripple effect on their network. And it's it's really incredible to see. And I think part of what going live really helps to do is build a committed and loyal network of people who wanna see you succeed, who will share an exchange and allows you the ability to see the the reach of your impact because if you're doing this kind of in isolation or truly behind the scenes and not sharing then you'll never know 
how much you were truly able to move the needle for someone. But by doing so, I think it, it takes that connection you were talking about and puts it in the real world. It's no longer just a social connection. It's a, it's a human connection at that point. Yeah. And I don't know if you agree, Samantha, I really do think that social media now is no longer about showing our cats and our dogs and our meal, right? When I started on Instagram, it was like, oh my God, let me take a picture of my, my meal tonight. But we're no longer doing that because we've, we, first of all, the pandemic has like, has exceeded our expectations with social, right? Like we're seven years ahead. And I really do think social is where people are searching, they're buying products on social media now. Everything we do is through social media. So I really, you know, back to the cookies, we don't care about your cookies unless you're going to teach me something along the way about yeah. you, about your story. Yeah. Absolutely. So as we near the end of the episode, I want to pick your brain a little bit. We have this I guess, perception that going live seems unrehearsed, but you recommend before turning the camera on to have a plan. So before we wrap, what can listeners do today to develop that plan so that they can go live tomorrow? I think it starts with understanding why you're going live, like what's in it for you. I think a lot of the times we, we think, okay, well, I'm just going to go live. And I'm going to talk about my cookies but what's the intention with going live? Is it too, sh what are you trying to, what's the messaging? And I think that's the hardest part is getting that messaging right. That's why I always go back to storytelling. So your live can't only be, I'm going live. And well, it, I mean, it can, it can be that as well. I mean, I would rather someone go live than not go live at all, but it has, you need to have that plan of what is my purpose today? What is this live going to, how is it going to teach someone? What are they going to get out of this? How is it related to my cookies, right? Like if you are selling cookies, <laughs> how is it related to cookies? And so if it's your first live, I would start with an introduction as to who you are, why you're on this page, why you're selling the cookies, right? And that would be the plan. Obviously, I like to say you got to plan it out because, and you know, I, I do... I do recommend doing it a few times, right? Like recording it maybe a few times and then maybe the third time you're like, okay, I can just go live for real this time, right? I do think, and by going live, you're also going to figure out your voice, how you speak, how you wanna, you know, relay the information. Cause again, you're going to say it differently than the next girl. But the plan would really be to figure out what the intention is behind going live. Like, what's the purpose there? Why are you interested in going live? Because don't get me wrong, everyone else who's on social just to creep up on everyone and just to like a bunch of pictures and they're not like really posting, that's great. I'm talking about the, the young entrepreneur influencer who is like trying to do a bunch of things, but like not really getting anywhere or has a message, but has a hard time like connecting with people. That's mm -hmm. why I say go live. You got to show your face more. You got to be more intentional. You got to figure out why you're on social media. Like, why did you create this page? What's the point? And we come full circle, right? With intention and purpose. And this is how we started the conversation of you knowing that your passion would lead you to your purpose and ultimately now kind of packaging this into bite-sized chunks for people who want to develop their confidence, who want to connect with like-minded people who want to bring a product or service or message to the world that can genuinely help have an impact, you need to start with understanding what that purpose is, which is 
super, super valuable, I think, for anyone on any walk of life, but definitely for those who are looking to make a bit of a splash. Melina, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more, if they want to work with you, um, listen to your podcast? What would be the best way to do so? I love Instagram. I'm a sucker for Instagram. So please reach out to me in the DMs. I love the DMs. I feel like it's always like a party in my DMs. So reach out to me in my DMs. My handle is at where to next Melina. Wonderful. And tell us a little bit about your podcast before we wrap, because I think it's such a cool concept and people, if they're listening to this podcast, they're going to want to listen to yours too. Yeah. So my podcast is called don't forget your lipstick because again, it, it sort of all stems to stems down to confidence. Right. And for me, lipstick has been a staple in my life whether it was working in television, but even now going live, I really do think lipstick is what I need to get me live. Like I need, I need that sort of, that's my little confidence boost every day. So for someone else, it can be their cup of coffee. But for me, it's always been lipstick because I feel like the minute I put that color on, I'm like, okay, I got this. I can conquer the world. So that's, you know, and I like to say in the podcast, this is, um, this is about a young this is a one woman show about a girl getting through her 20s because <laughs> that's really what it is, right? It's we're all trying to just figure our lives out. And I really want everyone to understand that it's okay that we do not have the answers. It's really, really okay. In fact, I encourage it more and more now because I thought I had all the answers until I realized no. <laughs> This is awesome. And I think anyone who is following you knows this to be true and has felt comfortable in not having the answers. And for anyone who doesn't follow Melina yet, be sure to do so. I'm going to add the links to her social handles, to her podcast and her website in the show notes. You are in for such a treat. She delivers regular, complimentary, incredible content on increasing your confidence, on stepping into your own story, really owning it and helping you share that with the world with those who truly need to hear it most. Melina, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us today. Thank you so much, Samantha. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.